What's up, y'all? Jonathan Wiseman, jweissmarketing.com, and we are coming at you with another episode of the Houston Entrepreneurs Podcast. And today, we got some dope-ass entrepreneurs with us. We've been doing this all day, and we're continuing to bring you some live action. I got Corey McMullen in the house today. He is with a company called Urban Organics. It's actually dope. I've been looking at it online. This is something y'all definitely need to check out. Website is urbanorganicsonline.com. We will post all that stuff in the comments so you can find them. Corey, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well, sir. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for inviting me. This is a, it came out of the blue, like I said. Yeah, it did. Well, we're going to dive right into it. Uh, first, tell me what Urban Organics is, and then on a, go back kind of to the beginning, how you got started, and we'll just kind of work through it from there. So what is Urban Organics? Uh, Urban Organics is an edible landscaping and urban farming company. We're a design, we're a landscape design build company. We walk our clients through the entire process of, of creating a space uh, to produce food where, wherever they are, whether it's their home, their office wellness program, a restaurant, schools. We build gardens and make it easy for people to grow food. So you build the gardens in residences or, or residences or a fucking A, dude. <laughs> I can't talk today. You build gardens in residences and it's edible. Yeah. Like they plant their own fruits and vegetables and they can just go out back and grab it and eat it. With our guidance and, and kind of direction on the design. And then if they want to sign up with us for the long term, we, we walk them through the whole process. So they're in the garden with us through some of our visits and they're learning as we're going through the garden they see what we see so they have a, pa a trained pair of eyes that that can tell them all right so this the leaves on your tomato are yellowing from the bottom up because of this or from the top down because of this it's just a it's it it helps people get over the hurdles of growing their own food because sure we, i'm sure when you do any you, any research online uh you know how overwhelming it can get with information like in you know two searches and you're just like okay screw it i'm done i don't want to mess with it yeah i've <clears throat> gone into that deeply it's i'm a prepper and so i have looked into it i have bought the seeds that are sitting in a freezer i've gone through a lot of research um about being self-sufficient back in the day and so gardening was actually one of the things that i was looking into and as you just said, when I even started to tiptoe into it, <laughs> it just got so overwhelming that I was like, fuck it, I'll just starve. Yep. So how did you get into this business? How long have you been doing it? I learned horticulture in prison, actually. So Real cool. Uh, I spent my 20s paying for stupid stuff I did in my early 20s. I think that's a great fucking story. <laughs> and thank you for sharing that. It's the first place I've actually told it you know, in a, in a public setting like that. Yeah, well, I think it's important because a lot of people come from rough backgrounds. I know, you know, I shared a little bit with you before this. Yeah. Uh, didn't have to do any hard time like that, but I've been locked up 12, 15 times when I was younger doing stupid shit. A lot of friends that were locked up for many, many years. And, you know, it's it's not the shit that you go through. It's what you do afterwards. Right. And if you were able to take that and, and your time, and I don't know your exact story yet, but if you can turn that into something amazing that's helping people, who gives a fuck? Right. That's how I feel about it anyway. I mean, there's plenty of other people. And obviously, when it comes to uh, culture and jobs and hiring, there's a lot of people that don't like that. But I am a big believer in second chances, rehabilitation, and uh, learning from your experiences and, and trying to uh, grow upon that. So 
And speaking of growing, that's exactly what your business model does. It's what we do. We teach people how to grow food. So where did your course, where did you take that? Did you take that in prison? Yeah, I took the horticulture class in prison. That, that pardon the pun, but that planted the seed. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of puns in this business. Oh, there's tons. Yeah, I can and, imagine. Yeah, and as a new dad, it's, it's fun trying to, trying to use them as much as I can. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Do you have a little boy or girl? A uh, little girl, almost a year old. Awesome. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. That's amazing. I got four kids. So. Every day is amazing. <laughs> it is. Yeah. On this side of the dirt or I guess this side of the walls as well. Either one. Yeah. It's yep. about the same, isn't it? All right. So you, you're in prison. You get out of prison. You start educating yourself on this. Do you follow up with education out of that or are you just coming out the gates blast and starting to uh, plant stuff? Well, I went through um, my whole journey through the, the horticulture game was uh, – I did the horticulture class in prison for a year, year and a half, and then was transferred to another unit. And I was welding and doing maintenance and little odd jobs inside the prison on the maintenance crews. Um, but I, w- I got accepted to a program called the Prison Entrepreneurship Program. Real cool. Uh, and I rocketed through that, and this business plan was actually formed inside that was my business plan competition for, or my business plan presentation for the, the competition within prison entrepreneurship plan or uh, program. So that program was at the second location you were at. Uh, third. It was actually probably the sixth total location during they trip around, around Texas. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell, I tell some people that, that I spent the first few years still trying to open brick walls with my forehead. So, uh, Finally got to Huntsville and one of the older, it used to be Death Row before they moved it over to Livingston, which is where I started my trip, is, is the unit that houses Death Row. And then I wound up winding it down on the, on the downhill slope of things. Uh, and the guys in the cells above me, the, the cellies in the, in the cell above me, had, had 89 years locked up combined between Damn. the two of them, man. And that's kind of when I realized that, that they would always have a place for me and and if i was going to do life on the installment plan or get out and get my shit together and this is what i did i went through that the prison or the prison entrepreneurship program which is um it's a six month and well it's a year-long program but it's a six months of it is character development up front back end is six months of of business business development development and um planning everything that comes soft, with it softening the, the hard edges of prison and making you presentable to society again in a sense um but it's all kind of it's driven by the program it's a non-profit organization but uh it's peer driven inside so it's guys that have gone through the program that still have time to do they they kind of oversee things with the outside help from the 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 uh, executives in the in the program gotcha well let's fast forward because you you graduated from that you obviously um, got out at some point. Yep. And how long was it after you got out that you decided to start this business? About three years. I had a couple of hiccups, started out, fell on my face, and then I just did a bunch of free gardens for friends and friends of family and all this type of stuff. And So really, you started out immediately. I mean, whether it turned into a business model, you know, we, we can figure that out in a little yeah. bit, but early on stages you get out and you go right you dive right into it within a year that's cool yeah and so was it 
for fun at first? Was it a hobby or was it intentional to actually be a business model for you? It was intentional to figure out the business model and figure out if it would work and how much labor goes into, you know, installing gardens and all that kind of stuff. And just to learn it because up until that point, I had, it was all literature. It was all, well, in, in the prison, they have a, the, the, the horticulture program is, is hands-on. It's, oh, real cool. Yeah, they've got greenhouses and you do all kinds of stuff. But it's not. There's no application of it afterward. Uh, that that they're actually. It doesn't continue outside the prison. That yeah. Well, they don't let you outside the prison to go do lands places. So they don't, <laughs> they don't really want to spend the money on landscaping them. Yeah. Um, so the practice wasn't continued while I w- in the next two years or three years that I was locked up, and so I had to kind of sharpen sharpen the iron again and figure out if it was something that I wanted to do at all. And the more I did it, the more I liked it. And the more and more I kind of started seeing the market adapt to it. I knew there were already, uh, there was already a competitor around, um, but they weren't only focused on, on edibles. They were doing a lot of natives and pollinator gardens and stuff like that. So, I mean, I've, I'm not perfect. I still let, let clients, let certain clients down because of the, I'm spread too thin on the maintenance side. So yeah. anybody watching or listening, if you know your way around a garden, uh, I'm hiring gardeners. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a, a lesson every day. Real cool. Well, we'll definitely drop your information at the end so people and get a hold of you. Sure. Uh, and gardeners or people looking to get into the business. Uh, sounds like a dope program. I mean, I wish I would have learned or, or had a way to learn a lot of that. And if that's the service that you provide where you actually go out and set up the service and then I guess kind of babysit or educate and show people how to do it over a certain course of time. Yes, sir. That's exactly how it works. Uh, kind of, it's the same, same business model as a landscape construction company with a maintenance background, with a, with a maintenance side to it as well. So the maintenance is basically the, you know, in, in the garden with our client, not every time because we, their schedules are always haywire. Uh, but if we're going to be in the garden on Tuesday mornings at, you know, from, from 9 to 10.30 in the morning, then the homeowner always has a, an open invite. But we try to get at least one to two visits a month if we're on that program with them. That's really cool. Yeah. Hands-on hands on experience, training, learning. There's always something new to learn. Just any, any, anything that you take on, especially, you know, you're always learning something new about it, whether yeah. it's business or gardening or sure. anything. Man, that's life, right? Yeah. So finances to get started, what did you do? How'd you get funded? How much money did you start this business with? You know, the first question is how much time is it going to take me to do this? How much am I going to invest? Where am I going to get this from? Where am I going to get that from? What was it like for you? And what were the thoughts running through your head? How am I going to start this business? How am I going to get funded? How how did that plan out for you? Uh, I'm still asking those questions. Which is fair. Yeah, very, I, very I'm, fair. I'm still asking those questions because I started it with nothing. I just sold a project and then sold another project. And just used the money from selling that project to buy half down to go get what you needed and buy tools that I wasn't having to borrow from my dad or, or whatever. And, ah, I love it. And just keep on I mean, going, going, going. That's the American dream, right? It's been slow and painful, but yeah. it's. It, How long have you been at it now? Uh, I really started back with, with a with a new vengeance uh in 2013 so seven years i've been doing it full time um for a little over two years now right after harvey um i had i quit a a job that i hated uh that i had to i had taken because i jumped out and tried to do the landscaping uh 
gig all on my own with no experience and I fell flat on my face and had to scramble and find a job before you know they yeah, could get out of the house yeah before mortgage due and uh so I took a, a retail job that taught me a lot um but I was hated it it was just freaking miserable all the time and it's one of the things I preach to you know our followers and fans all the time is you it, it doesn't matter how old you are you can decide at any point to quit what you're doing and, and start to do something you love uh last year was was hard i mean i took a lot of punches last year and got beat down and that you just got to keep getting getting back up and i didn't realize it and i was going through you know the peaks and the valleys of 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 owning a bit the peaks and the valleys of owning a business and and being a new dad and being a husband and trying to do everything right and always fucking it up uh, and then being spread too thin for projects because you got too many balls in the air at once and uh, I mean I closed out December with my ass on fire and and rolled right into January for the first 10 days and ha- and was getting more and more aggravated with myself because I hadn't sat down and, and like contemplated in earnest my goals for the year or even written anything down by that point and I saw it kind of I saw the end of the year finishing just like 19 did and I was I guess commiserating with a really good friend of mine a guy that I've been friends with for over 20 years um and he was like and we were actually he, he started commiserating first and letting it out and I we were just sitting there like bro that's me right now i I hate it, you know? Yeah. And so uh, if there's anything, anybody out there that's like starting a business or even up to their neck in, in the shit of the business, I mean, it it sucks right now, but there's there's always something around the corner. You just got to There's something right around the corner, and, and it's a lot better than what it could be. Yeah. For many of them. And you're very early on in your business venture. Oh, for sure. I mean, basically, you're two years on. You've been doing it seven years. Uh, side project for the first five it's a hobby that paid me money it was a hobby that made a little bit of extra change yeah. other than your main gig at what point okay well uh, my next question was at what point did you already throw your hands up and say fuck it i'm gonna go all in but that was harvey you said yeah it was after harvey i uh i i i was already decided had de- already decided that i was just gonna say fuck it i'm all in um but then harvey rolled through and i was like uh, it delayed things by a about three or four weeks for me but then i jumped i got an opportunity to go to work with a a friend of mine that was doing contractor work at the time and kind of overseeing projects and so i jumped ship from the the other job that i had and and went off with him and one thing he he, it just didn't work out he he spread himself too thin after harvey and and went out with a bang and uh i think a lot of people did after harvey yeah i think he got he got got a little too ahead of himself and just anyway that's a long story short uh yeah we'll, we'll have him on the show another day yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so but yeah after harvey so you went ahead and just said all right i'm gonna go ahead and try this thing that you know i've been doing for the last seven months as a hobby i'm gonna make it out of a business yeah i had a website up uh and my brother built my website and i mean it's it's geared for for catching fish you know <laughs> um and I'm in such a niche in the landscaping gig that I don't, I don't fall in with all of the other chatter. So when people find me and they they have used certain 
you know, combinations of keywords or whatever, um, they're a pretty warm lead. They're looking for something specific that I provide. Yeah. Uh, it's it, at that point, it's on me to let them know everything that I can provide. It's not just a raised bed. You know, we, we were a full service landscaping company. We just did a complete redo for a, a lady over here in Memorial that was just getting back into their house after having it rebuilt after Harvey and their backyard was a construction zone and, and storage. So you area. do full fledged landscaping. Yeah. It's, it's just, just your niche happens to be that you like to build self-sufficient gardens. It has a purpose, man. It absolutely does. Your I think landscape it's amazing. has a purpose other than just sucking a ton of money out of your, your pocket every year and washing down the drain and screwing up the ecology behind it. Yeah. Nah, I love it. Was there, you know, it, it's, and I know what you said earlier. Was there ever a, a aha moment in the last two years from launching the business to now where it kind of relieved a little bit of pressure when you said, okay, this is actually going to be a, a legit business model or I can make a career out of this. I can do this full time. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there was some moments that were just scary as shit along the way. Yeah, every day is still kind of scary. Um, Have you had any any relief yet? Has there been a certain moment or landed a couple big accounts and it's like, all right, this is actually going to work? Um, no, um, I mean yes and no. I mean, I always have. I always know that it's going to work, um, but I've been just shagging ass trying to get everything done and and always chasing the next dollar, but not in the sense that like. I gotta have. I I actually gotta have the dollar because my bills got to get paid. You know my. But you're not chasing it for the money. You're chasing it because you're passionate about it. Yeah, it's 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 something that I, I believe in, and I I think I think your your lawn, and and the the thought behind the lawn was great 50 years ago or whatever. But it's horse shit now. Um, Tell me about that. Educate me. Um, what what was the purpose of having a lawn back in the day? It was people spreading out, just getting space in between each other. I mean, there was really no purpose behind the lawn. All of your grass is, is hybridized and farmed. It's not, you know, it's not stuff that you find out in nature in the middle of a, a meadow or whatever. You have a great St. Augustine lawn. Uh, it's all manicured, highly controlled. And in that time when suburbia became a thing in the 50s and they were rolling out lawns, they were also rolling out, you know, chemical Pesticides. I mean, that was the whole better living fertilizers, pesticides, all of it. It's the it was the better living through chemistry era, and that's you know. I mean, granted, it got us to where we are today with things, but it's time to go back and kind of look at at the way things went way back when, when not seven out of every twelve people have cancer and everything. Exactly. I mean, it's the same thing with the food pyramid. Yeah. You know, back in the day when I was a little kid in school, I mean, I remember seeing that little triangle with eggs and milk at the very top of it and meat and, and then I, I don't even remember grains that. and starches and everything else and then veggies were over on one side it was it was it's completely just, wrong yeah and, and obviously we're finding out that all kinds of shit is wrong but that's where i won't even get into the the foods and all the shit that's in them that's killing people you were talking about business and it's still you know you're still trying to make it happen what is it that you're currently doing right now to generate business how do you get leads how do you get business um so those are there's there's several things that i'm focusing on this year with with my business uh currently it's just my website a little bit of word of mouth um i don't do any like hard social campaigns or anything like that um i just try to keep keep up with posting on a regular basis and and keeping people engaged um 
but it's hard you know when it when, is. when you wear every single hat and you basically this year my focus is to give myself to find myself the breathing room and uh get myself out of the field and and only acquiring new new projects and building the back end of the business i mean up until last week i had just a basic excel spreadsheet for me to to price my projects and i was stepping on my own toes and and taking money out of my wallet for the last two years yeah uh, just because i had missed a, 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 a certain column in, in overhead and i wasn't factoring in the fact that you know there's there's things that have to be done and it's not just going in you know i'm not just taking the money out of the company and put and paying my bills it has to go somewhere but i just i didn't i didn't know what i didn't know at the time sure and i was going through other stuff and i've, I've I don't know. You, 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 again, it comes down to the information overload. If you don't know something like I didn't, I don't know how to build the type of spreadsheet that I was, I needed to, to do it. So I was trying to do everything on paper and keep up with it. I that think you're work. speaking to every single person that's, you know, in the infancy stage of starting a business or oh, thinking yeah. about starting a business. So, and I appreciate you, you know, being candid and transparent and sharing that with us and, and the audience as well that's i mean that was me when i got into my first business i didn't know what the fuck i was doing yeah it, it you was had a passion you were excited about it It was paper and pen and it was like i think people like what i'm selling and we can probably make this work yeah and then you jump on that roller coaster and you figure it out from there i mean it, it's absolutely crazy the, the ups and downs to it if and i want to jump more uh into the business and, and um i'm sorry more into the actual products and services that you offer and okay. learn more about it um, last question I have on the business side of it is if there was somebody looking to get into this business for a business aspect, um, the organic side of things and the gardening, um, even in landscape, what is something that you would suggest to them? What would be a good bit of advice that you could provide them so that they don't have to deal with some of the hardships that you've gone through? I think that's hard for, for me to like narrow down into like just one, one episode, <laughs> sure. you know, it, uh, I mean, obviously, all of the old adages that people are that people say, like, you got to know your numbers or you don't know your shit, you know, and, and you might know your numbers. But if, if you don't know accounting and what those numbers are actually telling you and how to find your margins and, and what, you know, your total percent of revenue is and in each aspect of your business. I mean, all of this stuff was just like light shown on me two weeks ago when I first started and I had gone through basic things before, like, but it wasn't taught in a manner that I understood it very well at the time. Uh, and I'm better at making stuff and talking to people and selling things than I am at, at administrative in. stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I play to my strengths and I have a, a natural, I guess, tendency to always do that, even at the, the detriment of other things, obviously. I get it. Well, let's start talking about your strengths <clears throat> and right. what you're passionate about, which is the actual gardens. I noticed uh, on your website, uh, again, that's urbanorganicsonline.com, um, that it seemed that all of the gardens were above ground, or I saw them attached to fences or sidewalls. Right. Tell me about that. Why do you do that above uh, elevated? Is, well, that, is that called anything specific? Raised bed gardening, vertical gardening. Okay. Um, the vertical is the ones on the walls that you've seen. Okay. Uh, raised beds. Anytime you put anytime you put something to 
contained soil on top of the ground. Um, it's a raised bed. That's a raised bed, as long as it's got an open bottom and all that good stuff. Otherwise, if it's a solid bottom, it's a planter. And, and what is the benefit of doing that? Um, in our climate, we control uh, drainage. We control the composition of the soil. I don't know if you've ever slung a shovel in Houston, but uh, right under your grass is hard-ass clay yeah it's this it's this nasty black gumbo clay and you can't grow anything in it you have to amend the soil and that takes time so for a quick implementation of a garden and control over the structure of your soil and where it's coming from and who is sourcing uh, and the fertilizers that are going into it your and our biggest thing with 40 plus inches of rain every year or i forget how many inches but every month we we feels like we're always you know three days out of five it's always raining yeah um that's the biggest thing is, is clay soils don't drain very well they they they're already saturated with water and then they just hold water for the longest time gotcha um so it's drainage and and control of of the soil controlling the ecosystem basically. the environment yeah you create it what what is the uh you know the top producers that you plant what do you see a lot of or what grows well in this texas climate with the weather changing every day it's 50 degrees one day 100 the next raining the next yeah it's it's what, what kind of what kind of struggles are you seeing with that in houston um it's seasonality of things and and knowing uh, the biggest key for for new gardeners is knowing your planting times and knowing when things are supposed to go in the ground versus what's on the shelf at home depot or even at some of the small mom and pop nurseries which by the way if you want to get into gardening uh don't get any of your plants or trees or, or fruit trees or any of that at Home Depot. Stick with your, your local companies. They're sourcing things from your state. They're growing things locally. And the things that are growing locally, like vegetable transplants, are all varieties that do well in our area. Rather than Home Depot, who's we have a regional distribution center in, I don't know, Ohio or whatever. And, and that they're, they're buying you know millions of plants from a greenhouse in Ohio. So they're they're producing all of their stuff at a different time than we are yeah and it might not mesh well with our climate right and the varieties aren't aren't adapted to our climate or have proven in our climate what you know i think houston and it's not like we have four real seasons here no it's like 100 degrees all year long and then you get two months of sleet and hail and <laughs> yeah. bullshit weather off and on yeah that being said what actually you know it's I know, and when I was doing some of the prep and stuff, I was seeing what grew at different times of the year. What makes certain uh, vegetables or fruits seasonal to where they can only grow during certain months? You know, it's apples. You grow them in June or whatever it is. Why? They're harvested in June. They're actually per, they're actually ripe, growing and ripening all year. So they'll they'll set fruit at spring and then, or no, yeah, they'll set fruit. I forget exactly the timing on apples because there's there's only a few varieties that work here very well um what makes it happen on that month or the during that day is it from the time you plant it or can you plant it whenever you want or that's just strategically with the moon cycles the weather it all goes i mean it there's all of those things are things that that can be done that are done but it all goes down to to timing and knowing historical data of of what works well and when it's planted and okay. all of that stuff that's been recorded so it's just data over the last 100 200 or however many years it's like the ship performed best here so continue to go in that direction yep and then i mean even even longer than that but a, a lot of the stuff that we eat now is is regionalized uh like carrots were originally from germany and and 
that region over there. And then as we spread out as people, we started trading seeds and finding different climates that were similar. Like a lot of the Asian greens that do well in Southeast Asia do well here in our summers because it's like fucking Cambodia at summertime here. Yeah. So, uh, so we so, get that. And so that's the reason why they talk, taught us about trade in the fourth grade was talking about the seeds going back and forth and the pilgrims and that's what food food rules the world man i'm making shit up but yeah i mean when you when you boil it down and that's that's kind of what brought me to gardening i mean aside from something to do and go to learn something while i was in prison but what brought me back to it and things like that is i love food i mean i like i love to eat i love to cook uh and well, you know it's not a dying industry, that's for damn sure. Yeah, everybody, I mean, everybody has to eat at least once a day. Yeah, it's it's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> You're in a damn good industry. Yeah, and things are changing with the way that, that, not only that people are getting their food, but looking at their food and the way that they're looking at how their food uh, helps them or hurts them. Yeah. You know? Well, and, I mean, all the old ways of food has been killing people for years, and, and I think, you know, the world is finally starting to come around and start realizing how important that's why you're saying organic and no gmos and everything else all over the place people have been killing themselves with food for years not it wasn't the food yeah i mean it well obviously yeah yeah, i mean the last people that killed themselves with food are the ones that were figuring out if we could eat that shit or not (laughs) (laughs) makes sense makes Uh, sense so to get one of the planners um you know what are they I've seen some of them online. They're what four feet by six feet or so. Uh, we have varying sizes. Um, we're redoing our DIY kits, so we offer we offer a couple of different varieties of of do it yourself kits. If you want to go pick one up, or we can deliver one to you. Uh, the majority, the lion's share of our stuff is custom work, though. People that want to integrate gardening into their backyard. Uh, it's funny. I have not met a person that. I've talked to in a, in, you know, a client or a new prospect and, and, and service provider aspect, um, that doesn't have a story of a grandparent or a great grandparent or a great uncle or somebody around in the family that had this great big garden when they were kids and they used to run around in the summer eating tomatoes. That's cool. But if you, if you listen to some of the words there, it was, it was great grandfather or great, you know, it, it it skipped that yeah, whole generation. generation to where, you know, we our parents, uh, I mean, I'm 42, I'll be 42 next month. Uh, our parents were, you know, following what they were supposed to be doing, being, you know, good kids, go to college, get a, you know, get yeah. a degree, go to work in, in the city. But what happened in that time is everybody migrated away from the rural life and away from the farm. Um, because farm life is hard. And then grocery stores were developed. It's hard as shit. And grocery stores were developed and people, you know, started moving into su- sub- suburban areas and, and filling cities. And, but in that time, the migration from the farm to the colleges was intensifying. But the number of people returning back to the farms from the colleges wasn't, wasn't reciprocal at all. So like currently the average age of, of the farmers is, of American farmers, like 63 years old. This day today. In, yeah. Is 63. It, at least it was a few years ago. I'm yeah. sure with the, well, that's what I mean in the last yeah. couple of years. Well, within the last five, I haven't done that's a lot fine. of data research. Close to still, I just meant not 10, 20 years ago, but there is so a resurgence now. of, of smaller local farmers that are, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that out there. They're and they're thriving. They're not just, they're thriving. I mean, there's some of them that have, you know, uh, multi million dollar business coaching 
programs online that that they're killing it with as well yeah um but they're they're taking a different approach in a smaller scale but they're paying attention to the to the soil and what they're what they're doing and how they're interacting with nature and the soil and pollinators and uh regenerative agriculture is is one of the things that's going to be changing kind of how and where we're getting our food yeah um well i like the self-sufficiency let's get into the economics of it what does it cost to to buy one of these from you just one of the standard ones if i want to have a six by eight foot garden and be able to plant uh, some vegetables and fruits the kits start at 225 uh and then they go up from there they're made with <clears throat> our base material on on our boxes for the for the diy kits is going to be a two by six cedar that we've milled down make it pretty uh we run it through a, a natural sealing process um so when you get it you just put it together there's no tools involved you fill it up with soil from a local provider and you're good to go so a couple hundred bucks a couple hundred bucks and then maybe depending on the size of the box um anywhere from 70 to 125 in soil and then whatever you dump it at the, the nursery on plants and, and seeds. And do you charge any type of reoccurring or monthly fee to come out and maintenance and train? And For, for the DIY kits, no, we, we, we can. We will set up some training programs. What I'd really like to do in the next year is have a place where we could bring, them to bring you. people. And, and we've got you know test gardens. And that's kind of that, that whole overhead column that I told you I was missing. Yeah. That, that's in there now. And that's what I'm building toward in the next year is that that uh that i have that place where i don't have to hear it from my wife about not ha- not her not having the garage anymore because i've taken it over with cedar and tools and everything else i've so, had that same argument yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's 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 repeated all over the place yeah. as, as people are growing through their business Shit. so if i've got a garden in my backyard how much space am i going to need to if i wanted to be able to provide fruit and vegetables for my family for the year how much space would i be allocating a family of two or three that needs a, a little more explanation and definition like how are you like n- not going to go to the produce section at your grocery store or are you yeah let's say i want to be self-sufficient for uh, fruits and vegetables and, and just i mean i'm not a vegan well i got a couple of them in the family so i guess that is an open-ended question i mean really the more space you can dedicate to it the better and using different methods not just raised beds but uh, building up your soil to you know raise the earth around you so you've got different elevations going um then i would there's different different ways like permaculture and things like that that are more um like set it and almost forget it with very little input and very little you know help over time they kind of create their own systems but uh for production i would go inside the raised bed area and man i can't can't put a, a can't a put thing. a number to yeah, it yeah because you'd be surprised at, at what you can i'm sure there's so many different 16 variations square feet, you know i mean i've got a four by four planter that i mean throughout the year in different seasons and different things that i plant in there uh, i get probably 60 pounds of lettuce and and greens through the cooler months and then uh, another 10 or 12 pounds of, of kohlrabi, which is a, a fun cousin of broccoli, but you eat the stem, not the, not the florets. Mm-hmm. It's, there's just all kinds of different stuff that you can mess around with, with timing and, and planting certain things underneath certain things as they're growing. You're, it's called succession planting. So, I mean, there's so many different methods that you can combine and that we do combine for our clients. That, that would yield different results yeah. depending on what you're growing. They eat 
year round. So I mean, I try to I try to give a range of anywhere from two to four pounds per square foot, depending on on. Well, that's a good number to go off of. On your level of consumption, consumption knowledge and activity in the garden because i mean the best thing for a garden is a gardener's shadow i mean you can fertilize all you want you can spray on a regular basis but if you're if you're just doing those things like a robot you're not out there seeing what's going on in the garden you're not interacting with it you're not harvesting things as they need to be harvested they're just kind of sitting there and and waiting so what in this texas environment grows year-round does anything grow year-round yeah arugula but um grass grass, (laughs) not even grass grass goes dormant in the oh yeah in the winter but even so again it goes back to to know having historical data and knowing when to plant certain things so there's always something in the ground in our climate year round so in the blasted heat of summer um i always i always take over beds with sweet potatoes sweet potatoes they take all summer to grow and they vine out very little input meaning labor input from you um and one thing that a lot of people don't really know is that you can eat the the leaves of the sweet potato vines uh they call it sweet potato spinach and it's freaking delicious that's cool yeah and high in magnesium everything that you have in in a uh in a sweet potato minus the fiber all of the fiber all of the the magnesium and the vitamin a and everything inside of a sweet potato is condensed into the leaf what are some of your favorite things to grow? <clears throat> like I said, kohlrabi. I love to grow tomatoes. Um, my favorite thing to grow is probably super hot peppers, though. So the, that'd the, be cool. The the holy trinity. The uh, habanero. Hot, well, habanero is 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 that not, con- is that considered hot? That was the, one of the original super hots. Okay. But now, since people have started, you know adopting it well adopting it and then they hybridize and crossbreed things from around the world and mm. get these crazy things um so the scorpion pepper the the right now there's the current champ in the world is a, is the carolina reaper um i've had mild success growing those i have uh ghost peppers that when you say champ in the world does that mean the hottest yeah it's the hottest pepper in the world i think it's like three million scoville units i don't know what that means but that sounds scary it's how they measure the heat in a pepper like i figured that out but that still sounds scary as shit like you're you're, because i know the ghost pepper is hot my boy jeremy gave me like one dot fucking with me one time we're in dallas and i couldn't breathe for like an hour oh yeah then you you'd probably want to go to the hospital if you ate a carolina reaper i i eat hot peppers on a regular basis not like i'm a badass or anything i just eat them on a, on a regular basis i make hot sauce with the stuff um but i ate a, a carolina reaper and i really thought i was gonna fucking die i mean my, <laughs> my, i could I, I felt like my stomach lining was melting and dude you know what, like what you did you do did you go to the hospital or what well i well no there's no need to go to the hospital it, it passes but i should have I knew I was going to eat it because I ate it and, and put it on my YouTube channel, but then I was swearing like a sailor, so I couldn't really put it up there. I couldn't keep it up there. You should have. That would have gone viral. Yeah, probably. Um, Let's do it again. I'll record it. All right. Well, we'll, we'll I'll punish myself for, for the film. For Hector, the you down, you down to, to film this one, Hector? I'll shit. I'll pay for it. Let's do it. Anything for that thumbs up, right? Hey, anything, right? That shit. That'll go viral for sure. So with the gardens out there, and, and I'm assuming it's all about being organic and no pesticides and fertilizer and all the bullshit, how do you keep bugs out of it? You don't. They're going to come. You just have to have healthy soil that keeps your plants healthy and then address 
individual issues as they arise. And again, it goes back to the gar- what I said a minute ago. The gardener's shadow is the best thing for the garden. And when you say a gardener's shadow, you mean basically get your ass get out Get your there. ass out there and, and get your hands dirty. You yeah. know? I mean, you're not going to learn anything unless you fucking do it. Yeah. And it, you'll be you'll just like anything else. You know? sure. the, the more you do it, okay, I can give everybody a blanket pass on starting gardening or even landscaping or even plant loving, whatever. You're going to fucking kill some plants. I promise. Yeah. Same thing it's, with a fish tank. It's going to Shit's going to die. It's going to happen. Just stick with the small creatures. And, you know, as long as your kids are okay, then you're good. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's just how, how it works. That's how you learn with, with the plants. I mean, you're not out there all the time. And a lot of times people just try, they tend to love them to death. They overwater, overfeed, whatever. Yeah. Well, and I guess you can start as a hobbyist, just kind of get your feet wet and then start playing around with it. I mean, what do you spend? You're out there on a daily basis as a hobbyist or as somebody who's growing all their own stuff and actually living off of it. Are they out there daily, weekly? What type of time commitment for people that, you know, want to, they're intrigued by yeah. this. They want to get their garden for so, the people watching. So for the, for the bunker type that want to be out there and growing all their own stuff. Yeah. You do have to spend, you have to have a plan in, in action and you have to, I would phase if you're taking over your whole property and doing it yourself, um, I would phase it in and, you know, have a cohesive plan for the end with, you know, hence landscape design, um, have a cohesive plan for the end and then work towards that. So you're not overwhelmed because I can come in and redo your entire yard to produce food on every square inch. But if you don't know what the hell you're doing and you've never done it before, sure. You're not going to know the difference between, you know, uh, sprouts for radishes or, or collard greens or tomatoes versus peppers or any of that shit. So we're alive or dead. Well, it's they they tell you pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, true. But I wouldn't know if something's yellow or if it's supposed to be yellow. Right, that'd be my problem. Yeah, like oh, that shit's dying. No, it's perfect. <laughs> it's ready to eat. It's edible. When you see stuff like at the store, you're you're obviously familiar with what's organic, what's not, all the shit that's going into it, the pesticides. When you see stuff at the store, and it's regular versus organic, the organic section that you're paying triple for, and the fruit section vegetable section whatever the fuck it's called i'm gonna go grocery shopping produce there you go see i told you i was a high school dropout. i'm a fucking expert man i told you oh good i'm, <laughs> I'm glad i got you backing me up in the produce section when you see see shit that says organic and it costs three four times what the regular stuff does do you know what percentage organic that really is is it still full of shit or is it legit mostly organic in order to be at the grocery store it has to be certified organic and you know as a legit grocery store i mean you might have some place that's trying to pull knock off yeah pull pull some stunts and and make a couple extra bucks but they're not really in a demographic that's paying attention to that shit honestly um our whole food supply chain is 60 plus years old we're relying on this it's the same it's the same way that it's been since the 60s you know you got farms in in the midwest that are growing the majority of everything uh grain and and staple wise and then you've got a lot of your your seasonal produce is growing year-round balls to the wall in california and for for the produce in your in your veg in your produce section it it's probably traveled more this week than than you have most of it's 1800 miles from home do you on average. S- do you see that ecosystem or landscape changing at all in the near future, next 5, 10, 20 years? 
It's been the same for the last 60 years. Is, is there is, anything? It's, it's changing on more of a grassroots level, organically, so to speak. Uh, I told you there's a bunch of puns. Uh, yeah, so it's changing organically, actually, like those, those smaller scale farmers, and they're, they're, they're pushing out the old way of, of factory farm where you've got 10,000 acres of monoculture, and it's all one crop. And they're not doing shit in between the seasons. Excuse me. They're not doing anything in between the seasons. They're not doing anything to the soil except depleting it by crop dusting it or crop spraying with, you know, airplanes to, to put chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, everything on it. And they haven't done anything to regenerate the soil. So soil is a living, breathing thing. And if you take, take, take and take from it and don't feed it, it's going to die. So, um, I didn't know that soil is breathing and living like plants. There's, there's more organisms in a tablespoon of soil than there are humans on planet. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. I, and it's insane. And it's all wrapped around fungal activity and bacterial cultures and everything else. And they, they have their own ecology. You're, your forest floor is its own world. And granted, when we get into the city like this, most of the landscapes, they're not lush. They're all pushed. Sure. They're all pushed for, and they're maintained, quote unquote, um, to look that way. But they're not properly treated to stay that way or do anything for us. We could, there's, there's, things in the lawn care industry that I see that, that we could, if you could implement and sell it to 20% of the houses in Houston, we can actually start to reduce floodwaters because our soil will retain water again, rather than just the clay. All the clay always being saturated in there. And we don't dry out until we're in a drought situation. So, I mean, there's things to regenerate your soil. If you if you just hell bent on keeping your lawn and not doing anything, you know, productive with it, then you know, there's there's compost, top dressing, and core aeration are the two easiest, most basic things you can do to your lawn, and that will feed your feed the soil under the lawn for the next four to six months. We I yeah. would recommend to do it three times here. I'm not a turf expert at all, sure. but that's one of the things I see that that could actually help us in the long run and also help with the floodwaters yeah because it's going to suck up the water instead of it just hitting clay flying right by it yep have you ever seen um say it's a like the pathways around a a building like this the building i don't know about this one because i ran from the parking lot because i was running late from traffic but (laughs) um pathways and things like that where where soil is compacted and then the dirt around it is is just dirt it's dead it's it's hard there's really just grass growing over it it's not growing out of it yeah versus soil that's like in a vegetable garden or in a planter it's all just light and fluffy it's alive sure it's a living breathing thing what's in the future for uh urban urban organics um for urban organics uh to double down on teaching people how to grow food grow and and creating awesome spaces to do so uh, but i'd really like to branch out into some more food production type things um small acreage farming working with different groups organizations uh what i'd like what i'm working with with a with a school district locally um 
we're slowly implementing a, a long-term plan to bring small-scale farming into the curriculum that's cool uh hands-on learning kind of a thing and, and that's amazing all right so that's what the future is so that's part of it i mean teaching kids and and getting kids closer to their food and uh partnered with a buddy of mine who has a tie with uh the bum phillips charities and we're doing some veteran farming and and things like that and veteran farming training uh that's going to focus on kind of training up that new new wave of farmers and and uh indoor agriculture and regenerative agriculture and all that kind of stuff so basically i want to seed the seed the green industry with people that are taught from an organic mindset i love it it's gangster well man it's been a lot of knowledge dropped today Corey. i know i'm like a fire hose sometimes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well i appreciate you coming on the show anytime man i, uh, I was i was shocked at, that you we because we had never spoken before you had made a comment on on one of your facebook pages and i commented on there and and we started chatting and not even really chatting you were like hey man sorry i didn't get back to you just come on my fucking show yeah it, it's well all right then <laughs> man it, it you know it's i'm born and raised in houston and, and we've chatted a little bit it's for me it's about giving back um and and not that you need anything from me personally but this is a platform where i feel like i have the opportunity to share it with other people no doubt and and if people can come share their experiences their business for the audience who's aspiring entrepreneurs or they are entrepreneurs if if your story lends something to them somebody that wants to get into the organic business uh you know or bringing somebody like yourself or anybody else on the show to get them exposure here in houston that's what it's all about. Nobody, you know, I don't come from shit. Nobody taught me this. Nobody gave me shit. I've had to figure it out myself over the last 40 fucking years. Yeah. And if I can build a platform where I can bring guests like you and, and that's dropping fucking bombs and knowledge on me, as well as our audience and the people following, all fucking day long, brother. Yeah. So I definitely appreciate you coming on the show. I want to get you back here in about six months to see how the journey's going. Bet. Um, how can people find urban organics how can they find you if they want to go ahead and get some gardens going the website is the easiest it's urbanorganicsonline.com and we'll post that all in the uh, descriptions and okay comments. yeah if, if you're gonna say, if you're gonna post all of that um i am gonna be doing a bunch more social stuff i i i think we're gonna correlate a, a another visit to the houston life tv show with uh a live tomato thing later oh real cool we'll do, a, we'll do a show on wednesday and probably at a local nursery do some class stuff on a, on the following saturday uh that's coming up i've got to find a, a nursery that wants to to let me in and, and play in their in their playground cool well uh, if you're a nursery out there listening to this or you know somebody that has a nursery oh and, and i've got them okay well shit never mind but anybody that wants to <laughs> anybody that wants to reach out or share any business knowledge or or uh hey any some some ben- some uh benevolent investors i could use one of those uh i could got, too i got some i got some big plans to uh to to take over a, a, a niche industry so hey it, it's definitely niche and i'm glad that you're doing it the city needs it i appreciate it Corey McMullen, it's coming urban it's there all the contact information is below uh go to urbanorganicsonline.com i'm jonathan wiseman this is the grit houston entrepreneurs podcast appreciate y'all tuning in we'll see you on the next one Take care, guys.